You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today's Monday, October 8th, 2018. You're listening to episode 332, right? Right. Yes. My name is Rob. Jason's there. Hello. We're doing another episode. We're back in the studio. We are. So that's good. For two more episodes at least after this, we at are a, back in the studio. At a minimum. Hopefully right. more than that, but Hopefully for sure, yeah. if, if it's three, next up it would be five. Right. It's a tight... Then seven, then nine. I don't, yeah, we're done. Um <laughs> It's 11. A, it's a tough time of year to get uh, schedules lined up. So, uh, again, apologize, uh, apologies to everybody. Uh, thank you for being patient with us while we get, try and get back on track and get caught up here. Back in the studio. Back in time. Uh-huh. I love that song because it combines two of my favorite things. You know what those are? Huey Lewis and Back to the Future? Yes. yes. Actually, how'd you yes. guess that? Huh? Well, because those are the two things about that song. Yeah, basically. Right. And that great SNL sketch. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, so we're recording an episode, and that's okay. So we've got a lot of stuff that's been going on since the last thing. Uh, yeah. Like I still, what? I don't know. I still haven't watched Solo yet. I bought it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I now own it. It's in my house. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to watch it twice, because yeah. I have to watch it before the kids watch it. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I after watching that we talked about it last week. Uh, I went back and I watched a couple like video reviews or video assessments mm-hmm. of it yeah. that I you know from from uh, YouTubers that I um, that I normally follow, but I don't watch everything that they they do. If it's a movie that they talk about that I know I'm going to see eventually, I don't watch it. Right. So I go I went back and watched a couple of things and and um and I was some for whatever stupid may, this is probably dumb, but when when a reviewer that I follow and who, whose commentary I enjoy. When they like a thing that I like, for whatever stupid reason, something about that feels good to me. Yep, yep. I, that's that's one of the things I've always experienced. Were you going to say something else about no, that? No, no, was, no yeah. yeah okay. was like, um, when I would read the Walking Dead recaps, yeah, it, and I really love Rob Brooken um, for io9, but what would make me mad is I would watch an episode and be like, that was good. And then I'd read his review and he's like, this episode was terrible and here's all the real mm-hmm. reasons why. And then I'm like, aw, yeah. he's right. It was bad. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Can't we just have nice things? Yeah. Here's what I want to talk about, though. Sure. Into the Spider-Verse. Those trailers look good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That second trailer? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it looks great. Um, it looks funny and clever and smart. Yeah. And... Cast really, really well. Yeah, really aware of what... Uh, what of, it is. Of yeah. what it is and what it kind of needs to be and what right. the audience wants. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think Nicolas Cage realizes they casted him as a joke? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, look, look at his career, Jason. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I mean, like... That dude, that dude's got a lot of debt to pay off. <laughs> is true. is my guess, right? right? I mean, he's perfect for Spider Man Noir, right? I mean, oh, like, sure. I mean, no matter what he does, he's going to be great in yeah. it. Um, um, but yeah. uh, no, I mean, you just have to look at that guy's filmography from the last true. twenty Fair years, enough. and you'll understand that guy will do anything. I, I just mean, like, does he know that, like, straight up legit? Because sometimes Walken, right? He gets it, right? He's like, you're oh, casting yeah. me to be the Walken here. 
and that's going to be funny. Right. But like, I don't know if Nicolas Cage knows that about himself or not. He thinks he's really cool. No, he he knows. Does he, he know? I think okay. he's self-aware. Right. He, he doesn't always, he's not always happy about it, but I think he understands. Christopher Walken, I might argue, has never, ever not been completely self-aware that he's just playing the same character all the time. And I would, I'm struggling to think of an example where he was not just playing Walken. Yeah, that's true. There was a, there was a interview where he was talking in this, uh, he said he was working on this movie and this director said, uh, like, okay, Chris, could, that, that was great, but could you, could you do it like differently? And he was like, no, <laughs> no, like that's, I don't, I think he, I think his quote was, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Yeah. Cause that's probably the first time anyone's ever said that to him. Yeah. It's like, you know what you got, right? right? Like, like even in that fat boy slim video, right? Right. Where, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm just gonna, I know I'm dancing and I don't dance, but this is how Christopher Walken would dance. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite Walken movie is, uh, is the rundown with the rock. I haven't seen that. Is that good? Oh man, it's so good. It is so, so good. It, it's, it's exactly what you want it to be because nice. it's Christopher Walken and it's The Rock and it's um, whoever that little Sean the, William Scott. Sean William Scott yeah. is in it and uh, uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, yeah, it is so good. Nice. There is a scene. There's like one. I mean, Christopher Walken steals it. I mean, The Rock. This is The Rock, and The Rock is yeah, amazing. Yeah, He's yeah. always amazing at everything him, he does, yeah. right? Yeah. But Chris Walken steals that, and he steals that with one word in that movie, and that's when he says, refrigerator. Oh, I can only picture him yeah. saying that, yeah. He says, refrigerator, and you're like, end it now, we're done, this is the greatest movie of all time, and it, it stays good from there, but it's it's, <laughs> it's it like, with that one word, you're like, yes, yes, Christopher Walken, Nailed you it. win, you win, you are the best. Um, so cool. Anyway, so into the Spider Verse <laughs> looks really good. Um, Jake Johnson being cast as yeah. old man or like you know middle aged Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. that's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, who's he? Oh, I like Haley Stanfield. Um, is she Spider Gwen? She's Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah, Spider Gwen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my daughter is so excited. And this is this is just a great example of representation matters. Oh, right? yeah. Totally. She is so stoked that Spider Gwen is in a movie yeah. that she'll get to see. Yeah. So um Yeah, when that um those Spider Verse um uh comics were, were coming out, that was a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. They did that run. And I kept reading about it online and being like, Oh man, I'm missing out. And then I went to the comic book store and bought like for like four weeks or, or you know, four issues straight bought the the newest issues of that and i was like oh, this isn't all that great and then so i stopped and then the next week i was i read another thing like oh my gosh i missed anyway so yeah i i've i decided to stop anyway and i just need to pick up the trade so i can read it all right i've yeah. heard it's really good and um yeah. the thing that amazes me about the trailer i saw a still from it where it's got all of the spider people mm-hmm. or spider things i guess mm-hmm. and some of them aren't even people <laughs> spider um, pig. yeah uh all in the same uh shot together right mm-hmm and like the art style for every single one of them is unique. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they pulled that off and yep. made that and it gel works. is amazing, yeah, right? It totally works. It's amazing. Yep. So no, I'm I am super stoked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Also super stoked. I saw a set report from Spider-Man: Far From Home, 
Oh, I didn't see that. confirmed who the villain is. Oh, really? Uh, is it Mysterio? It is Mysterio. Of course it is. Here's it's the thing. time, right? Any other, any other, like if DC was doing Mysterio, like it's going to be terrible. Yeah. And not DC, anyone who's I'd making those right, movies, yeah. right? But Warner. the MCU will make it perfect. And it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but he was, they, there were some set photos of him in the costume, uh-huh. sans fishbowl. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be Aquaman. Oh, zing. Hey, entourage reference. Oh, Moving oh on. yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. Yeah, right. I just read about that recently because I never watched Entourage, but oh, you didn't watch Entourage? Oh, yeah. The the it had highs and lows, right? It had highs. I think the last season and then the movie were pretty awful. Okay, okay. But um, especially the movie was not good. No. But uh, uh, and it and it had, it wasn't a hundred percent good. It was worth watching anyway. It was worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, another plug for a show that's very worth watching: Better Call Saul. Yeah, I've heard more oh people talking about that lately. We're on season five now. You should yeah. really start watching it. Yeah, it's I, so good. I, I think it was I was listening to a podcast and they said that it, that like in the last season it like picked up and people are starting to say it's better than Breaking Bad now. Yeah, and I, I don't know I, if if it also had Jesse Pinkman, I would say yes <laughs> because he to me is he is Breaking Bad to me, right? Yeah, Walter White, fantastic, really? but to me Jesse Jesse steals. Every scene he's in, he's the single most compelling character in the show. He's the character who you can easiestly root for, well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's the guy you can root for and you can feel good about rooting for. But man, dude is such an amazing and iconic antihero. Um, um, Walter, you Walter. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. brain farted. Yeah. But you, by the end, they didn't even like Walter. Oh no, he's yeah. he's so he's the he's the villain of yes. that of yeah. that story, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, in the last season, I'm not going to spoil anything. But in the last season, he's gone so bad that they have to put him up against certain bad guys because they know you'll hate them. Yeah, and actually, now if that was modern day America, uh, frankly, people might not even see it. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, slight spoiler there if you're if you're not <laughs> stupid. Um, but anyways, um, no, no. So, uh, Brenda Call Saul though, like uh, they do just enough character references to characters, right? And they do this thing where they they um, the show starts with um, where Saul ends up in Breaking Bad. I mm-hmm. won't say where, but yeah. where he ends up, and they will flash to that every once in a while. Oh, okay. And then in recent episode, they actually flashed back to the end of Breaking Bad oh. and did some extended stuff with him by himself without like Walter and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cause like Breaking Bad, they do the same thing as Breaking Bad where the start of the show could mm-hmm. be anything. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but man, there are some really compelling characters on that show. Good. Um, yeah, I should see it. Uh, Rhea Seahorn who plays um, his, she, she's a lawyer on the show and mm-hmm. they are together. Um, she's amazing. Like, yeah. Uh, and in she's not in Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that something happens <laughs> with her character, right? You don't yeah. know what it is, but you know that something happens with her character. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, good. It's interesting. All right. Yeah. When it's done, I'm sure we'll watch it yeah, on yeah. Netflix. So yeah. I think it's got at least one more season. They'll, my mm-hmm. guess is they'll end it after that, just because. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, um, well, and he's on the show. He's just Jimmy McGill. Um, he's not Saul yet. Oh, he's still not no, Saul. Oh, that's he's, funny. He has used the name Saul. Oh, okay. Um, but like he is not the lawyer Saul. He is the lawyer Jimmy. Okay. Um, and he's he's such a compelling character. Yeah. Good. Like good. And it's interesting because you know where his journey ends. Like yeah. you know where he starts on Breaking Bad. Yeah. And trying to figure out from episode one how that guy gets yeah. there is he, like wow. Gosh, in 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 some way he almost has the saddest end in Breaking Bad, right? Like the most tragic, most like oh this poor guy. <laughs> right. Kind of kind of the way it ends for him in Breaking Bad, it's just. Yeah. Oh, I just feel so bad for him. 
Well, he's, I mean, that I feel like really Breaking Bad is about everything that Walt touches turns to crap. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he ruins everything. Right, he does. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's basically like, um, remember uh, D&D uh, in uh, uh, Forgotten, what was that place called? Not Forgotten Realms. Dark Sun. Dark, Dark Sun. Sun. There were these wizards called Defilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Whenever yeah, yeah, they yeah. cast magic, like, everything around them would die. Right. Like, that yeah. is, he's basically that, yeah, he's you know? He's basically a Defiler. <laughs> A defiler who's really good at making money. Yeah, right, um, right. And meth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, hey, let's talk about games here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some games. So, we've got a topic to talk about tonight. Uh, so, the topic we want to talk about was actually brought to us by Chris Kopek. Um, and this was a really, really good idea. Um, I really dug this. Um, so, mm-hmm. he said, do you want to just read what he said? Yeah, I'm going to We gonna just pull get it correct because if I paraphrase, um, I'll get it wrong. Let's see. Uh, Kopak, Chris says, hashtag riddle sucks, hashtag riddle sucks. What would you tell someone who feels like they could design a game, but don't think they could deal with all the math or probability involved? And and, uh, and I replied and said, oh, mathless, uh, designing mathless games. And he said, not necessarily, or not necessarily mathless, but maybe clarifying how much of a design ends up being fudging with numbers and statistics. So, um, yeah, so just trying to, let's, let's think about, uh, is there, how important is math to, 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 and being comfortable with math and statistics, how important is that to game design? And, um, um, what can you get away with if, if you're not comfortable with that stuff? That's, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think first off, so I I would struggle not being able to use math in mm-hmm. games when it comes to balancing. Yeah. Because that's my go-to step one mm-hmm. is always what are the percentages of the number of, of the type of cards I have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's math, but it's not, right? That's a spreadsheet. It's percentages. I mean, basically, yeah. it's a simple divide by, give me the percentages. Yeah. And then I I say to myself, in a perfect distribution, right? Knowing that it won't be, but in a perfect distribution of, if this is 25%, that means if I draw X, well, see, okay, then it gets kind of mathy. But so, yeah, but see, no, I'm getting too mathy there. When I yeah. say like perfect distribution, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so I, a simple way to say it would be for every 10 cards I draw, mm-hmm. this is the percentages that they'll be, right? So in, a, in perfect numbers there, if there's 10% of each card, I should get one of each card, right? Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, no. it absolutely could, but well, probably not going to happen. Sure. Right? Statistically, just as likely, right, as so, any we, combination. We want to stay away from math and statistics is the right. thing. So right. so that's hard to... It's hard for you. It's hard for me because yeah. that's, I design a lot of card games. Yeah. They're puzzly card games and balancing is they're, they're tight. super important, right? Yeah. They have right. to be tight. Right. I mean, uh, Into the Black Forest is a great example of most of that game came down to figuring out the perfect distribution of numbers so that the scores were balanced. Sure. And that you had enough cards. I sure. mean, that was, that was the whole game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I, I'll say that I started out doing zero math, mm-hmm. like absolutely zero thinking, ah, I don't need to know math. Why does math matter? It, this does, this is what, yeah, I, I, as long as it feels good, uh, then, then I'll be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, I wasn't fine. And I learned that over time. But, uh, uh, but what, so, um, well, you know what? Even that, I think maybe I'm speaking uh, 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 briefly. So let me say it this way Um, 
if you were willing to do enough testing, you probably can get away without doing math and modeling and any kind of statistics at all. And, and I should also say we're uh, assuming some complex, more complex game designs, right? Right. Yeah. I, I think that, yes, unless you're designing like a CCG, right? Yeah. Um, in which case, you know, any game you were talking about fighting statistics or something, yeah. you're, if you don't do math, the game will not be balanced. Right. So if you're if you're pulling back from that, just some kind of a simple simple entry level euro sort of idea. If you if you have the time and are willing to put in the time to do enough testing, you will eventually see enough of the scenarios, enough of the the permutations of how things work together that you will get a pretty good feeling for how stuff goes. Right. And you probably won't need to do much math or really any at all um but of course that's a very broad generalization right. and it depends a lot on mechanically how how the game design works um uh yeah and, and i'll also say that again i started what you one of my first big designs that i worked on was frankenstein's legacy right mm-hmm. of course that word legacy now has a lot more baggage than it did when i used that originally. oh my gosh you're right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that occurred to me a few, about a month ago anyway um so uh um uh, and I I didn't use any math in that design at all ever not a single time right and looking back yeah and and looking and, and at the time I I kind of was like well it, but it's fine I mean yeah I need to work on the balance a little bit but but it's fine I don't need math for that uh, looking back I realized boy that game would have come a lot farther a lot faster if I had put some math into it yeah. and thought through just all that a little stuff. bit too frankly wouldn't have taken much because the game was fun. It needed, but the thing that wasn't fun was, was way out of balance. Yeah, was yeah. that you'd get the wrong cards at the wrong time, or right. there was too many of this card and not enough of that card. Yeah, right. So, so the longer I I did this stuff, and the more I worked at it, the more number one I realized how doing some basic math like percentages and adding and subtracting and and and, and stuff, how much how much value there is in that, and also the better I got at it. Right. You know. Um, yeah, game design has been a great tool for me to, to help me learn Excel better. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> funny. Um, but now all that said, yeah, you can have perfect math in a game. Yeah, and it can still be boring. Totally. Um, in in fact, this is something I've mentioned before on the show, but I like to credit it back to John Gilmore, where he said that you know a lot of times in a game you you get the math right, and then you play the game and it's not fun, mm-hmm. and then you, you then you break the math until the game is fun. That's easy, right? Sure. You know, you've got here's my great best distribution, but it doesn't feel right, right? Yeah. That comes with hammering through playtesting, yeah, right? Right. right. Um, you know, I would say though there are games you can design that don't really need much math at all, right? Um, games like Cards Against Humanity, right, or party games in general, mm-hmm. they don't need any math or social games like that, yeah, right? So yeah, social stuff not as big of a deal. Um, I would even, you know, I the where you're going to get into heavier things are trick taking games. Games where you mm-hmm. have direct points for scoring, yep. right? Yep. Um, that's why it matters so much with Into the Black Forest. That's why it mattered a lot with on real estate, um, because mm-hmm. the math on that scoring, right? Like, um, if you ever are bored and you want on real estate, do the math on the best case scenarios for the cards, and you'll see that it's incredibly balanced. Mm-hmm. Because I worked really hard to figure out the best mm-hmm. number of cards mm-hmm. uh, combo to point combo to multiplication yeah. combo to figure out how you would break the game yeah and there are some that are more powerful than others but they are pretty darn balanced and i'm mm-hmm. very proud of that and that's one sure. of the reasons the game is fun yeah um because if it was broken it wouldn't be um yeah it, it, um item shop which i'm still working on right now um the first time i put together a spreadsheet with all that math in it, i was like man this is great got it right the first time 
I am so good. I'm I'm starting with a spreadsheet every time. I'm going to think it through every time, and I am so good at this. I'm I'm smart, and then you play the game, and and I have rebuilt that spreadsheet from the ground up. I think I'm on my fourth version now. Right, right, because because just because you're using math doesn't mean you're using the right math in the right way at the right time. Exactly, counting for the right factors and right. So, and that's you know nothing, no amount of math. Will take the place of some good old play testing. Absolutely right. Even a little play testing, like even a little, you know, um, even like half of one turn. <laughs> but so let's let's. Here's a couple simple rules that I follow in designing card games. Cool. I do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, to where I don't want to have to think about math right away. Um, let's say so my feast game that I've been working on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way I call the Feast for Pharaoh. There's totally a game called the Feast for Odin. I had no idea. Mm. Um, that name will get changed eventually, but um, yeah. I've never been a huge fan of the name. It's anyways, fine for but, now. Yeah, but so anyways, um, with that there are food cards, right? And that's the primary thing in the game. I didn't actually like do a bunch of math for that. I said I basically my kind of go to is to start with 90 or 108 cards, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want the game if it's a card game to be usually 108 cards or less. That's my goal. Okay. It doesn't always happen, but that's my goal. Sometimes I can get way under that. Mm-hmm. Um so I said, "Okay, how many how many cards am I going to have in this deck? I'm going to have X. How many food types am I going to have? I'm going to have 5. All right. X divided by 5. There's my that was my entire math." Sure. So then I ended up tweaking it to say, oh, but I want to add these wild cards in. So I'll add 10 of these or I'll take out these mm-hmm. to make it balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but frankly, in the end, it was just all about an even split. I started with an even split and I saw how it felt mm-hmm. and it felt and I ended up feeling fine. In that case, I needed less cards. So mm-hmm. I took some cards out and then it worked better. Um, but I took out the same number of cards. So so that for me is a really easy way to start. You know, when in doubt, just make it equal, right? Mm-hmm. Equal it out. When in sure. doubt, equal it out. Yeah, you know, quality is always good. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, there are other ways you can approach that too, right? Like with uh, with eight arms to hold you uh, as an example. Um, from an outside perspective, you might say, "Oh, well, that's you know, that's a big deck of cards. That's you know, everything has its own unique numbers, and everything's worth one, two, or three points. How did you determine what's worth one, and what's worth two, and what's worth three? And I it, and I probably could have approached that with a lot of math, but but um, well, the way I approached that was to say, I want scoring to be easy, so I'm going to make the maximum uh, score you can get from one card three. And if the maximum is three, then I should probably have three levels, and those levels then would be three, two, and one. Right. Um, and I should probably have more ones than I have threes and twos somewhere in the middle. Right. And that's all the thought I put into it. Right. And yes, yeah. that's And so along those lines, there. But you, I bet you still made a spreadsheet, right? Uh, so in that case, I made a spreadsheet to keep me organized, but not to make any formulas. Right. So that's so that's another thing. Yeah. That is another hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. Spreadsheets are great, even if you're not going to use them, do a bunch of math in them. Right. right? Just to list, like I always just to list stuff in a table. Right. Yeah. One of the the one of the actually, and this is not a math thing. This is just a simple balancing thing. Um, I mean, it requires you to know some formulas. Like I use count ifs a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have um. Like, let's say there's recipes, right? And, you know, the recipe, I want to, I prefer when I make recipes to have all the ingredients appear the exact same number of times, if at all possible, in the game, right? So if I have to use wood and ore and brick, I want to make sure that there's 20 wood, 20 ore, 20 brick showing up in those cards, right? Um, I, I think that that creates a pretty nice balance. So all I do for that is I'm not doing math. I just list out the items mm-hmm. and then do a count if to say, if it says this item, 
in this column, give it one, right? Yeah. It does the math for you. Um, and that's really just, that's organization, right? Sure. That's me being able to say, okay, now I know that I've got the same distribution or very, very close, right? If it's one yeah. or two off, it's not a big deal. Sure. When it's 10 off because you're like, oh, it makes more sense to use brick. Um, my game Flood was a real challenge with that because like mm-hmm. I want to use more animals, like animal parts, but yeah. that was kind of hard to yeah. use a lot of animal parts. So, um, so I struggled with that. Like, what should I, like, mm-hmm. what should I make animals out of? So I actually invented new things so that I could use more animal stuff on it. Yeah. Um, because I felt like that worked better. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> a lot of it, I think it, it, to a large degree comes back to what kind of game do you want to make? You know, do you want to make a, a, a resource driven game? You know, if do you want to have multiple powers, multiple ways to score, the more complex the game is, uh, uh, if you're talking about a big box game, the more complex it is, prob- the more likely it is you're going to have to do math. If you're talking about, a, like you said, a tight little card game that's very very score-focused and very strategic that way, you're going to need to use some math. But if you want if you want to make a, a, a party game, don't worry about it, right? right? If you want to make a storytelling game, don't worry about it. If you want to make a dexterity game, don't worry about it. You're probably fine. Right, right. Um, yeah, dexterity game, obviously playtesting is the number one way you're going to balance that. Absolutely, right, yeah. And and so so with um, with um, uh, simple surgery as the example, I, I didn't use any math in that, right? I, it was, it, 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 I, I think I still made a spreadsheet, but that was, again, just to, for me to, to stay right. organized. Um, how many of each difficulty do I have? That's all the math. And in fact, that I actually started in a writing out in a notebook at Unpub that, that year. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway. So um, it, it, it depends a lot on the kind of game you want to make. Um, and, and after that, we, we just kind of go back to, of course, your first game is going to be terrible and your second game and your third game and your fourth game, right? And be right. okay with that. And that's, that's right. fine. Unless you're Julio. Well, he is the exception that proves a rule. Yeah. Right? He is. Because he's a monster. And yes, we hate him. We do. Right. So um, you owe me a phone call, bro. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Do we not have any voicemails? No, he just owes me a phone call in general. Oh, he does. Okay. So he's supposed to call me. You moved to a new state and now you're too good for your friends to live in Michigan? Yeah. I mean. He never lived in Michigan, but he, he probably, he mean, he's too good for us. But. He, he's a North Carolinian now, which means, yeah. you know, I mean, they are better than we are. There's so many of them. There are some yeah. North Carolinian game designers. North Carolinians. Yep. Game designers. So, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to think of anything else that uh, that really. Uh, you don't have to do a ton of math, though. I think really what it comes down to is you really don't. Can you use Excel to do some math for you? Sure. Should yeah. you? If you if you're okay with that, go for it. Honestly, it will make your life easier, but you don't have to. But, by but, any well, means. but again, that's still contingent on the type of game you're making. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that. Like, I just love the comfort of balancing it by doing the math, just mm-hmm. because it gives me a good starting point. Um, that frankly has made me have a lot less terrible first prototypes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just because you know, like, mm-hmm. I can at least say, well, the math is sound, and then the game plays okay, but it's just not fun. And I'm like, well, I can fix that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. And and maybe one of the key things that we've we've noted here is is that there is a difference between organization and math, right? And yes. Excel is Excel, or or I in fact I I think you and I both use Google Sheets a lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We we say Excel, but we really mean a spreadsheet program that supports formulas. Um, uh, that kind of software is a valuable tool for for both needs and both functions. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I would suggest make a spreadsheet. If you're not going to do, you're going to design without math, still make a spreadsheet. 
Um, it will help you in the prototyping phase. It'll keep you organized. Mm-hmm. It also makes things really easy to replace. You know, if you if you're like, how do I set up a spreadsheet? Here's how I do it with cards in general. Uh, I will do the name of the card, right? Um, and then I will do uh, an, if the card has a number, I'll put the number on the, the of the yep. card because uh, I do a lot with cards with numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it has a special power or something, I'll put that on there. Any other data, column it out. And if it's like the best suggestion I can give you is if it's a card that has three pieces of information on it, even if it's like three resources, have a column resource one, resource two, resource three. That allows you to, to count those a lot easier mm-hmm. if they're separate and not together. Yeah. Uh, that is a lesson I learned a long time ago that really does make a difference. And then your last column should always just be count. How many of that card is in the deck? Unless they're all unique. Yeah. So, see, uh, and and uh, I actually probably break it down a little further than you do, honestly. So so my, my standard is I start with a card number. Even if the cards are not numbered in the game, right, I, yeah. I start with the cards. I, I number the that. lines. Yeah. I number the lines just so that I can... It, 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 sometimes it's it's a waste of my time and unnecessary, but sometimes it's really, really valuable for right. me. Anyway, the next thing is card name. Uh, and then from there, you're right. It's column. Any any and every piece of information that is on that card gets its own column. Yes. And and I agree 100. There's not just a resource column. If there are three different resources in the game, there are three separate columns. Yep. And and if and if that card has if it's wood, stone, and gold, and the card is a gold card, then it I put an X in the gold column, and the other two columns are left blank. Right. I don't write wood or stone or gold within the same column. I don't do that. They right. all get their own separate columns. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it, there's always, I always leave some kind of a special column, even if I don't plan on using it. Right. Cause, cause I have it in there and I also have a notes column. I always right. put that in there just in case. Cause I might just write a note to myself. Right. The next time I come back to look at it. Um, yeah, but I, I break everything down separately. Yeah. Um, and, and if there was, if I was using suits on something, each suit would also have its own column. I wouldn't have them all. Oh, see, now I will do it just a column with the word suit yeah. and then like spades, hearts. Again, because of the way I do the counting, it's yeah. just it's just easy to do it sure. that way. So Yeah, that's fine. But I, I break it down as as granularly as possible because I don't want to have to go back and redo something. Right. Um, I like to just break it down. No, and, and most of my spreadsheets will have like three tables on them, right? Like yeah. I break it out into separate tables that count different things. And a lot of times that information is not useful to me, mm-hmm. like beyond the initial balance, but I keep it because then when I need to tweak something, because I'm good with formulas, mm-hmm. it will auto-correct itself and like, mm-hmm. okay, that's out of balance now. Sure. I can fix that. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've talked about the versioning that I like to do. Right. That, that I do more of that than I need to really. Right. But um, but yeah, in Google Sheets, like with that item shop uh, spreadsheet that I built as an example, uh, in the same in the same document in Google my Google Drive, I have four tabs, one for each of the of the four right. versions. Right. And then and you know and in some cases I removed lines, in other cases I added lines. But as I go from version you know two to version three, and if I cut out ten cards, I didn't delete those lines. I just simply grade them out. Right. So the data is all still there. Right. If I ever need to retrieve it. Right. Um. And I only don't do that if I have minimal changes that I'm not worried about. Yeah. Yes, if I have substantial changes, I will create a new tab, update it, so that I don't have to go, what was that again? Mm-hmm. Though I did hear, which I think you saw too, that it auto-versions for you. Yeah, So you yeah, can yeah, go yeah. back to that, but right. the tab, frankly, is easier. I like that though, yeah. And then it's easy to tab through and go, oh, what did I do in version two? Oh gosh, I had yeah. that. Oh, right. I should put that back in, right? Yeah. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah, I also just did a big update to my hardpoint rules uh, just a couple of days ago. And again, rather than trust the Google versioning, I just copied it to a whole new document and started rewriting from there. Right. Just, oh, we're, we're playing that tomorrow, aren't we? Uh, you know what? I'm probably not going to be ready tomorrow. Okay. 
come think of it because because we're going so late tonight i won't right. have time to get stuff printed so. i can do i can do friday friday would be great yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah okay cool yeah cool. um side note those those guys played that today and were messaging me today and uh and they seem to like it a lot great and uh and they sent me an email that i haven't had a chance to read yet with a bunch of feedback so okay. well, maybe um, you can incorporate that for the next playtest. Yeah, maybe. So hopefully I'll have time to look at that too. Jump on it tomorrow. Right. That's one of the reasons why I won't be ready tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. Um, yeah, because so. you might as well make those changes, even if we right. have to wait till Monday at this point. Right. They've already played it. Right. I mean, we yeah, should get so. it right. So. But anyway, I'm not going to say who those who those guys were. No. While we're recording. Because I can't yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, because they haven't signed a contract with you yet. Right. So. <laughs> and you're hoping they do, and saying their name right now might not help. Them. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll right. So, I'm gonna cross my fingers, but I won't hold my breath right. because yeah, yeah. You'll never hear me say on this podcast. I mean, never mind. Yeah, that's fine. I'll bleep that out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, okay, I'm supposed to pitch a game now. How about? Oh yeah, why don't so, you do that? I feel like we did good with that topic though. Uh, but builders, if you have any more advice, uh, yeah. um, let us know because we'd like to pass that along to Mr. Kopak. I think yeah. that was such a great uh, topic idea. Yeah, and uh, I I also want to say side note, I'm uh, I'm enjoying a Founders beer tonight. Oh, yes, one of my favorites. Founders, the Backwoods Bastard. Do you know the Backwoods Bastard? Oh, it's my favorite Founders beer. Is it? I didn't know that. Literally my favorite. Founders oh beer. man, yeah, well so. I'll I'll leave this here tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't drink beer right now. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's too bad. Cause, uh, yeah. Backwoods bastard is it's literally my, so good. I like it way better than dirty bastard. Oh, me too. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, you know, the bourbon, the bourbon yeah, barrel. Yeah. yeah I like that flavor, better, yeah. So oh, it's so good. Yeah. I haven't had this in years. It's amazing. It's so super good. Well, I'll save it next time we record in a few weeks. Uh, I will drink up with you. It'll be great. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pitch a game. So speaking of mathless design, I've mm-hmm. got a party game to pitch. Another party game from Jason. I've been in a bit of a party game kick lately, um, just because it's uh, it's different and it's a bit it's a bit freeing. Um, and I've been working on some heavier games. Flood is is a much heavier game for me. Um, Feast was even a pretty heavy game for me, uh, balancing wise and stuff. And uh, so yeah, so I kind of needed to get myself uh, just give myself some freedom. And Mustachioed is going really really well. Um, now it's, uh, got levels in it, uh, kind of like the mind does where you would play multiple levels in one game. And that's pretty exciting, uh, because it's, um, yeah, it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Uh, you talked about that, I think last week. Yeah. I did that four person play test and it went super well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. With all four levels. Loved it. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, so this game, uh, does not have a name yet. Um, and it's got a bunch of problems and it's kind of just an inkling of an idea. Uh, but but I, I could literally make a prototype tomorrow that wouldn't work, but I could make it. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. All, right. all right. So here's the idea of the game. And I, I told you about this, but I refined it because you had original, you had feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm a so, genius. Well, no, your feedback was kind of what I was already worried about. It's one of those uh, things where I have the concern and then you say it. And I'm like, Oh crap. All right, now okay, I gotta well, do something about it. It's a real problem. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, there's two ways to play this game. There's okay. the way I came up with, and there's, there's the way that will be easier for groups to play together. Got it. And they can play it either way. Okay. Right? Wait, wait, wait. Got it. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> so here's how it works. Um, the idea of this game is you are trying to identify. So um, let's pitch the general version, uh, the version that everyone would play. And then I'll tell you the specific original version. All right. That I think is good. It's the general. So this so is this a game is, about insurance. Yes. Yes. Go to the general. How, can't, how do you even know that? You don't watch TV. <laughs> I've been to hotel rooms. I've seen those commercials. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> On hotel TVs. Worst. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> So the idea of the game is, uh, at the beginning of the game, everybody uh, has a character card put in front of them. That's not who they are, right? Uh, and the character card is just words, right? 
It might say basketball player. It might say uh, architect. Or basically, it's going to give you a job, right? Um, yeah, so I think that's the great An thing. An identity of some kind. Yeah, some yeah. sort of identity, yeah. right? Maybe it says a spy, right? A real simple, basic yes, kind yes. of... kind of Archetype. Right? Archetypal yeah, yeah. identity, yeah. sure. Right. So, okay. um, and then some of them might be a little little more, you know, like a crazy cat lady, right? So it's just a little, you mm-hmm. know, a bit of a stretch. Okay. So everybody gets one put in front of them. Excuse and again, me. I'm a crazy cat man. <laughs> True. Rawr. <laughs> um, so it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't... It, that is not who you are, yeah. but it's the person who you've got, right? Um, then everybody's also going to get a card that says a player number on it, right? Mm-hmm. Player number one, two, three, four, five, twelve, whatever. Um, and so you put that player card in front of you with your number. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got, uh, uh, three lines on the card, which makes, so the card would be sideways, right? No, I guess okay. it would be standing up player one, right? Okay. Uh, there'd be a line at the top, a line in the middle and a line at the bottom, right? Okay. I'll get back to those, but they're All important. Right. Three lines. Yep. You're also going to have five cards in your hand. Now, all the cards in this game, outside of the names, uh, the types of people, mm-hmm. are places, all sorts of places. Maybe a soccer stadium, uh, maybe um, uh, a sewer, Ooh. maybe a mountain top, uh-huh. maybe so like literally tons of places. Maybe a gas station, right? So uh-huh. all of these different places, right? Okay. Okay. On your turn, your job is. Oh, so sorry. You also have been given a card that, dis- that that has a player number on it that's secret, right? Okay. So while my player number one card, everyone can see it, I'm also going to be dealt a card that says player number one through four if there's four of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that player's card is the card I care about. Okay. That's what I'm trying to describe, okay? So with what I'm about to do. So if I'm player one, you're player three. I'm gonna get a player three card and trying to. I'm trying to figure out who, what character you have, or no. So, so no, I'm no. sorry. So the characters that we have are, are face up. Oh, okay. Everybody knows what character you have. Oh, this is to say what character I'm trying to describe. Okay. So you're player number three. You have basketball player, right? Uh-huh. I'm player number one. I have uh, architect, right? Um, guy over there is player number three. He has astronaut right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um does that make sense yeah and those are face up we know what they have right okay so if i have a card that says player number three that means my job is to get people to figure out that i'm describing the astronaut okay because that's who player number three has right okay so to make it easy it would be like astronaut player three right next to each other so there's no confusion all right okay does that make sense yeah but the fact that you have the card that says player three nobody else knows correct okay I may have the card that says player one and I'm player one. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to describe one of the cards on the table, right? Okay. Um, and maybe it doesn't even matter which player it is. Um, in well, fact, it just helps with secret role selection is all. Right. But I mean, the other thing you could really have is in the middle of the board, you could have... Position one, two, three, yeah, four. You yeah. Know, so you could have that, right? Yeah. The player thing comes in handy with the other way to play the game. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do is on my turn, I have to play a card for my hand. One of these five locations that I have, right? Okay. I'm going to place the card in line with, like, in line with um, the top line. The So, I'm basically going to place it so that it's above the top line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle or below the bottom line, right? So, what does that mean? If it's above the top line, I believe that location highly describes a likely place that that person would be, Right. And you're playing this on your own card. Yeah, I'm playing it next to my card, like in a line. I'm okay. creating a line of places, right? Okay. If I play in the middle, meh, 
it doesn't necessarily specifically describe them, mm-hmm. but it does. Des- it doesn't also doesn't not describe them, right? And then below the line means this is this does not describe them, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, and because you only have five cards, that's why that's why you have the stations there to put it in. Because frankly, you may have five cards and none of them may describe that person, mm-hmm. right? Um. So yeah. So on your turn, you do that. Uh, you keep going around doing that, right? Um, and the goal is to be the first person to guess, um, who, who is representing what. Okay. You have to guess all of them. Uh, no, you, you, you would make a guess. This is where I'm struggling a little bit about what happens, but the idea is you would make a guess, right? Um, I, uh, um, so here's, here's, here's how you make a guess because I just thought of this right now, but it's cool. When I say I want to make a guess, uh, as to what Rob is describing. Okay. Everyone else will close their eyes and I will point at the card I think Rob is describing. Rob will either say, yes, you, you're you correct, in which case I will get I will get a point for that uh, or I'll get two points for that. Um, Rob will get a point for that because he he made me describe his card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your reason for wanting to do a good job is that you will also earn a point for that, right? Um, if I'm wrong, everyone opens their eyes I know the information. You do not know the information, right? Mm-hmm. So other than you know, I'm not trying to describe that person because why would I guess them, right? Unless I'm trying to throw you off. So there's no penalty for guessing wrong. Maybe there should be though. Maybe there should be. So to make sure <clears throat> I'm understanding. So um, let's say, uh, let's say I my card says, says the, the one I'm trying to guess or try, trying to identify is the astronaut. Okay, so somebody else on the table has right. the astronaut. right. And I'm trying to identify the astronaut. Right. Okay. So I am in my, I have three location cards. One is the moon. Yep. One is uh, a racetrack. Yep. And one is, say, um, a factory. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So on my turns, three turns, I'm going to place the moon as the highest one. This yep. this goes a lot with my astronaut. Right. The racetrack is going to go below, and this is, has nothing to do with an astronaut, and the factory might be in the middle because, well, you got to make spaceships somewhere. Right. Okay. And and I'm putting those down so that everybody else knows that I'm trying to describe the astronaut. That's the goal, yes. Okay. And I'm doing that so that if you successfully guess, then we both get a point. Correct. Okay. All right. Except for, yeah, yeah, we both get a point that way. We, yeah, because because I need to be incentivized to tell the truth here, right, right? and yep. help everybody else, right? Right. And I think what I would probably do is, um, make it some sort of like the first person. So if there are four players, mm-hmm. the or maybe it, so it would be x minus one, right? So if there's four players. The first person to guess correctly, you both get three points. Second, you both get two. Mm-hmm. Third, you both get one, and then the last one just doesn't get guessed, right? Um, this might this might be better as a co op game where everybody is trying to solve everything, maybe um, because because in, in with with this sort of stuff, I don't think there's room for cheating because because it's straight just straight up put a card somewhere, right? There's no there's none of that kind of social fudging going on, right? 
So you think it's a good co-op idea? It might be. I, I'm not saying I'm that, struggling for how you would work together with the co-op because you're all trying to help each other and you want to you want to encourage. And so somebody might say, "Hey, I'm ready to make a guess," and and I'm ready to guess Jason's. And Jason might say, "You know what? Don't do that yet." Knowing what else you still have in your hand. Okay. I'm just struggling with how do the game ends, how you win and lose. Like it's easy if it's you know scoring points and stuff, right? All players only get one guess, and then you can't guess anymore. Or all players all get one wrong guess. Yeah. And then they're out. And then, yeah, and then they're just out of the game. Whatever character they have is out. Right. So here's a a way to, if you're going to make it a co-op, here's a way to make it harder then. Once I play a card in a slot, I can't play another card in that slot until I've played cards in every other slot. Yeah, that would make sense. So if I play a positive card, I have to play a muh and a negative card. Yeah. Before I can play another positive card. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's tough. Yeah. Because I think that I might important. have to play some bad stuff. Yeah. And, and if you're going to do that, then you might also only ever have two cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. You have two cards, two location cards in your hand. You got to play one of them. And then after you play one at the end of the turn, you draw another one, draw back. So you have two in your hand again. Right. That would also make it difficult. Yeah. That's a good point. Um. So the, uh, so the original way this mm-hmm. game was designed functions the exact same way with one exception. You are assigned a player at the table and you are attempting to describe them with the stuff, right? Like the the person, not yeah, their I'm fake trying identity. to describe Rob. Yeah. So that is a Rob pointed out, and this was my big fear was if you don't know the people around the table, that really sucks, right? Because yeah. I get Joe Schmo across from me and I'm just playing at him in Unpub. I have no freaking clue anything about him. Maybe the I don't think the moon describes him, but he's an astronomer. I don't know, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, and I think that could be a lot of fun, but only if all the players know each other. Right. Yeah. So that would be like a bonus version inside the game of, mm-hmm. hey, you want to get personal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's right. how you can play it this way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's the game. It doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it could be fun. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of unknowns there, right? We, and, and it's at a point where you kind of have to just maybe try it and see what see what. In, in, I mean, obviously, the goal is to abstractify how you describe someone. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, describing right. someone with things. Right. That I mean, ideally, the other thought I had was it would all instead of words on cards, it would all be drawings. Right. Well, I think that would be the best way to so do it. So, like, yeah. it's a basketball, or it's a banana, or it's right. like you know what I mean. So, like, I'm like I'm yeah. trying to describe you with random things. Right. And that's difficult. And I think that's a better way to do it. Not with no words at all. But but every every card there is an image, and it might be just a basketball, or it might be uh, you know a stadium, mm-hmm. you know a sports stadium. Uh, it, it might be, I don't know, it might be a basketball player signing an autograph for a little kid, right? And there's all kinds of different ways you can interpret those sorts of concepts. Right. Yeah, and I think that is the best possible way to approach the idea. Right. So it would still be a word, right? Like the word would be what you're the person. Mm-hmm. rather than a picture it would just be a word right i mean i guess it could be a word in a picture like you could say basketball player and have a basketball player I, I think i think everything i think there's no text at all i think the characters that you get are are portraits of characters where they have some kind of clear job that they're dressed up for and then the location cards are also art well if i was going to do art i wouldn't just do locations i would do like well, yeah, yeah, yeah objects and scenes things too, right yeah 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 Right. I guess that's what I mean. That that like the characters, the specific characters you're trying to guess are 
clear archetypes, drawings or portraits right. of characters. And then and then the location cards are are not specific not necessarily specific locations or specific items, but they are scenes. And the scene might have one focal point of an object or a location, but there I think there would be room for for understanding or examination. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Not so, you wouldn't want to overcomplicate it then because everybody's right. then everybody's analyzing every card, right? You don't right. want to be too complicated, but you want to have some space in there, I think. And and to me that's that would be the really cool way to do it. So Right. No, that's cool. Um That's tough to prototype though. You yeah, you, so, you could only prototype that with text. So uh any builders out there who are artists who are like, let's make yeah. this game. Hey, let's make this game. <laughs> You just draw a bunch of like, just, it doesn't even have to be good art, just better than I can draw. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that'd be, that would be super great. You I would know, love to prototype it that way. Cause I think that could be really cool. You could just like take s- still images from a bunch of movies and stuff and prototype it that way or Google image searches. That is true. Yeah. And that would actually be really easy for prototyping. Uh, I think you're using that word a little loosely. It wouldn't be hard. You wouldn't have to do any work other than collecting the images and putting them on a card collecting that'd be probably 100 images to collect though yeah it'd be fun so, do a lot of google image searching man yeah maybe anyway just a thought um, yeah no it's not a bad idea because I, so. I think i think that would be the coolest way to do it yeah yeah, yeah. really because it abstractifies the abstractification right of the abstract right it's super abstractatory yeah of the abstractest most abstractiest abstract way All right. Hey, that's good. Cool. Let's end this show. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildinggamepodcast.com. No, buildinggamepodcast.gmail.com. 770-TEL-BTG is our Google voice number that if you call and leave a voicemail, we'll eventually listen to it. Jason will, at least. There's no guarantee he'll play on the show, but he'll he'll eventually look at the entry in in his inbox. Um... You can follow us on Twitter at PodcastBTG. Jason is at J.A. Slingerland. I'm at Poorly underscore Design. Like us on places and give us good reviews. And uh, thanks, everybody, for your support of, uh, of uh, whatchamacallit? Into the Black Forest. Into the Black Forest. Thank you. Uh, what, a, what a great success you guys Unlocked had. all those stretch goals. It Fantastic. was great. Fantastic. Well done. Well done, all the people out there. And uh, um, I feel like I've forgotten some details, but I don't care. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. You were at my front door seven minutes ago. Uh, how does it know that? Because we have a ring doorbell now. Oh, so it just knows when somebody's there? Yeah, it's got a sensor. Huh. And then it, I could. there's video of you coming in my door. Oh, okay. It's pretty great. Even though I didn't ring the doorbell? Yeah, because huh. it's got a motion sensor. I've got it dialed in so that it just gets a person if they walk straight up to the door. Yeah. That way the dog doesn't trip it when he goes out. Sure. Like it's if you were to crawl up to my door, spoiler alert, you could totally sneak in and no one would know. Hmm. Um, but, Except for uh, your security system. Yeah, then the security system would take over. Right. But, you know, you could sneak up to the door and knock on it without me getting notified. Oh, all right. But generally this is what happens now. Okay. There is motion at your front door.
then it goes, okay. someone is at your front door, because that means they've rung the doorbell, and yeah, then yeah. the doorbell rings. Gotcha. Well, this is definitely going to go at the end of the episode, so that all the builders uh, will know how to sneak up to your house without Great. alerting yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. 